This is where the early planning is taking place for our so-called uh, Disney World project. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. From head to tail, he's royal purple pigment, and there, voila! You got a figment. How did you get here? We entered a contest. Yeah, we lost. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, come with us to a world of joyous songs and wondrous miracles. W everybody and welcome to the WDW radio show your Walt Disney World information station I am your host Lou Mangello and this is show number 308 for the week of January 13th 2013 I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic to wherever you are with this podcast videos blog live broadcast my Walt Disney World trivia books and so much more you can find it all over at wdwradio.com and I want to take just one second to thank each and every one of you for listening and for the seventh year in a row helping to vote WDW Radio as the best travel podcast for 2012. I'm sincerely humbled and grateful to each and every one of you and we all share this recognition together. So this week, I invite you to join me virtually around the table for another live Walt Disney World dining review. We'll step onto Main Street, USA, and dine at Tony's Town Square Restaurant. We'll discuss its history, story, inspiration from Lady and the Tramp, and its details, and then review the menu from appetizers to desserts. It's a chance to share lunch with us and maybe introduce you to a new dining experience in the parks. You'll also learn about Disney's Imaginations Contest from friends who participated in this competition created by Walt Disney Imagineering. The grand prize gives the winner an opportunity to win an all-expense-paid trip out to Walt Disney Imagineering in California and some possible internship opportunities as well. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. I'll then have a few announcements at the end of the show, including details about our six-year anniversary show in February and how you can be a part of it, as well as how you can join us on our WDW Radio on-the-road group trip to Disney's Aulani Resort in Hawaii. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. about story and the stories can be found not just in the attractions but throughout the theme parks and the resorts and so many of those stories are inspired by classic Disney animated and live action films from the attractions in Fantasyland to shops on Main Street and little details found throughout the parks. One of my favorite of the early classic Disney animated films is Lady and the Tramp and there are sort of the obvious references to Lady and the Tramp in the parks in places like Pop Century where you'll find the Lady and the Tramp icons 
uh, Main Street USA, and right here at Tony's Town Square Restaurant, right in the center of Main Street USA uh, in Town Square. And so I thought today we would do another live restaurant review of a classic opening day uh, restaurant here. And today I'm with two friends, literally, Rachel and Chauncey. Friend is her last name. Uh, you guys are actually here not just because we're friends, but because you won one of the charity raffles, right? Yep. Yeah, I won the the Carbon Froze Lou, which is proudly displayed at our home, and then lunch with uh, Lou himself. So. Well, the Carbon Frozen being at home is a little creepy, but it's cool nonetheless, and I appreciate you guys um, coming out today. We've actually gotten together. We've done a, uh, a tour of the park before. We've eaten along that way, but now we're actually going to do it for real. We're going to do it for real, and we're going to review a restaurant that I really haven't been to in a long time. So I thought it would be fun to do Tony's Town Square. Now, obviously, this is a restaurant that's been here at the, well, it was, it was originally the Gulf Hospitality House when it was the Town Square Cafe. And like I said earlier, it is one that is inspired by the Lady and the Tramp film. Uh, you can see references to Lady and the Tramp outside in the sort of little hidden paw prints, which I think is one of those cool little Disney details. And even next door, do you know the, the chapeau connection to Lady and the Tramp? I do not. So a lot of people don't realize that the story of Lady and the Tramp actually extends beyond Town Square because the chapeau, if you look at the chapeau and the hat box that's outside, that actually was pulled from a scene in Lady and the Tramp and actually goes back to Walt Disney because he once gave his wife a present that was, of course, enclosed in a hat box. I geeked out. Sorry, it won't be the last oh, time today. Really cool. <laughs> so, uh, but really, it's all about the food. We were just talking about food on the Disney Cruise Line. You guys were on the, on the uh, Disney Dream with us. Absolutely. And this is one of those places uh, I really haven't been to in a long time. And as somebody whose last name ends in a vowel who comes from the Northeast, one thing I always look for is good Italian food here in Florida. Now, where are you guys from? Indianapolis, Indiana. Where it's sort of the hub of Italian cuisine. <laughs> you could say that. There's like, it's the crossroads. Italian. <laughs> it's the crossroads of America. We've got everything there. Awesome. So yeah, it, uh, it's been a while since I have been here, and what I love about this place, first and foremost, is again, it's that um, extension of story, right? And because I think it's one that it's not necessarily themed towards Lady and the Tramp. I love all the references and the images and the cells and whatnot that are on the wall. Uh, that I think really helps to sort of uh, make it a really sort of fun place. Again, you can see it's filled with uh, lots of families, but it still also retains that Victorian architecture and charm. Absolutely. The, uh, the woodworking here is actually quite nostalgic. It reminds me of, like, my grandpa's house. <laughs> so let's kind of go through quickly the menu. Uh, again, it is very much Italian-inspired, and there's everything from, you know, simple pizzas and sandwiches all the way to full-blown pasta dishes, uh, a wide variety of appetizers, again, traditional Italian fare, tomato and mozzarella salad, zucchini fries, melon and prosciutto, or prosciutto, uh, calamari, soup and salad, and then a number of different pizzas. There's an artisanal pizza, a margarita pizza, uh, paninis, salmon salad, Caesar salad, and meatball sliders, which very much hit my radar very quickly. <laughs> Of course, you can't have an Italian restaurant without a number of different pastas. There is spaghetti, shrimp scampi, eggplant uh, served over a penne pasta, chicken parmesan, pasta primavera, multigrain, which 
I think it's supposed to sound healthy, so I stay far away from that. <laughs> the cannelloni, and then of course we'll uh, we'll get to the desserts as well. We've uh, we had a chance to, to take a look at the menu. What was sort of something that that hit you? What do you guys think about getting? I, you know, I, when I think Italian, I think pizza automatically. Even though you know, there's a lot of controversy around that, but we're going to definitely go for the margarita pizza today. We might. I might have to take a taste because again, it, the oh, yeah. pizza is all about the bread. It's all about the water. And one thing Florida does not have is is that that same sort of uh, northeast New York style water, which just makes a really good pizza crust. I'm hoping that Tony's delivers. Um, I'm more traditional when it comes to my Italian food, so I I, lo- I love pasta. Uh, so the spaghetti, definitely the spaghetti and the the meatballs. I've seen some people with the meatballs, and they, they meatballs look like they're about the size of my head. So. <laughs> Since, yeah. since, since we're here for our anniversary, Lou, I'll spare you. You know us, like using the spaghetti, like the lady in the tramp. And <laughs> oh no, I expect it <laughs> from you and your wife, not me and you. <laughs> well, good. I, I'm happy that we're getting some of those traditional things because I'm sure those are some of the most popular when people come here. But we also need to sort of get a wide breadth of um, of what's on the menu. So we might have to sample just a little bit more, just so we can give a, a full-blown review. I think we need to at least share some zucchini fries, and we'll see what else is recommended. I was going to go traditional, too, with spaghetti, but now I've got some free reign. I could sort of move out of that. I'm thinking either meatball sliders or chicken parmesan. So I'm going to ask Linda. Linda, what's your favorite thing on the menu? My favorite thing is probably... The, uh, parm- the chicken parmesan. I like chicken. It's very moist, I think, and it's very good. We get a lot of compliments on it. So if I said meatball sliders, what do you say? If You know, if that's what you want, it's fine. If, you know, really, I think all of our food is good. It's just a matter of preference and choice. And what's, your, what's the best appetizer on the menu? Zucchini fries. Done. Yahtzee. Make that happen. Do you. <laughs> do you want one zucchini fry? One zucchini fry, please. Unless, look at me, do, is that going to be enough for all three of us? Do I need or in, in an order of my own? You will probably need an extra order. Oh, so maybe we should get something else. Calamari next. Calamari? That's a, no, she says no. We're getting, we're getting a big no. <laughs> now our seasonal soup today, if you want something like that, that's our lobster bisque. Um, another one of our really good sellers, I think, is the tomato mozzarella salad. Tomato mozzarella salad or lobster bisque? Ladies' choice. <laughs> Um, probably the salad. <laughs> All right, we'll go again. We're, we're sticking traditional, Linda. We're going to go tomato and mozzarella. We say mozzarella where I'm from, but we'll call it. We'll, yes, <laughs> we'll call. All right, go ahead, guys. Uh, I'm going to have the, the spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, okay. uh, and because I am a somewhat picky eater, the, the sauce, let me maybe get that on the side. That way I can decide how much sauce I want. <laughs> the meatballs are homemade here. I think could be very happy with them. I'm going to go with the margarita pizza. Okay. Extra margaritas. <laughs> and what would you like? Linda, I'm going to take your recommendation, and I will have the chicken parmesan. And I would like it um, just like Mom made it. Okay. <laughs> Mom's back there. She's cooking. Excellent. Thank you. So fortunately, that did not take long because, shocker of all shockers, I'm famished today. And uh, our waitress brought out our appetizers. The zucchini fries actually smell awesome. And there's this um, tomato pesto ranch dipping sauce. And then a nice uh, portion of 
uh, bread and tomato and mozzarella with onions and balsamic vinegar, which I think is awesome. Listen, food is best enjoyed when it's shared among friends, so dig in, because if you don't, I'm going to eat everything. And don't be dainty. Don't be shy. Just use your fingers. I was like, I'm not a huge fan of uh, tomato or onions, but I will... I can't pass up cheese. Rich is trying new things today. These are hot. (laughs) I'm looking forward to the uh, crunchiness here of these fritters or, I guess, zucchini sticks. I'm double dipping, but I'm using the other side of my zucchini stick, so don't get freaked out. I've somehow ended up furthest away from the dipping sauce, so... (laughs) Rearrange things. <laughs> I have little arms that needs to be close to me. <laughs> what do you think? Wow. This uh, zucchini fries are like crunchy little uh, bundles of, or sticks of joy here. <laughs> it's like unicorns and rainbows came together in a zucchini stick. <laughs> Loving it. It's actually not bad. I'm not a huge fan of zucchini, but you know, when you deep fry something and cover it in bread and they give me ranch to go with it. <laughs> And it's healthy because it's a vegetable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, at least that's what they tell you at the state fair, right? <laughs> Listen, I, it's when I come to Disney World and I have things like fried zucchini and citrus swirls, I convince myself that a citrus swirl is milk and orange juice, which makes it healthy, and that's how I sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely uh, the smell is what gets you going at an Italian restaurant. And that's one thing I noticed when we came in here, too. You're definitely hit with that, you know, that uh, sort of small-town Italian restaurant. The You know, mom really is cooking in the back kind of smell. I think that's what drove us to, like, the meatballs and the chicken parmesan, because you could really smell it. Absolutely. All right, I need to dig into some of this tomato. and Oh, my God. I'm going to make a mess. Mozzarella is... Um... I didn't eat the tomato because I don't like tomatoes, but I got a nice big piece of mozzarella, and the mozzarella is, it's got a bit of a bite to it, but it's, it's creamy at the same time. So. How is everything? Good. It's great. It's great. Mmm. So what kind of other Italian restaurants, I guess I'm trying to come up with like a list around Disney World. I mean, there's this, and then, uh, of course, Italy. All right, so you have uh, Tutto Italia uh, in Epcot. You got Via Napoli as well, too. You also have what I think is probably the best Italian restaurant on property, which is, again, very far off a lot of people's radar, which is Il Molino over at the Swan. I think all those restaurants there are so good. And, and I think because it's the Swan and Dolphin, people think it's not a quote-unquote Disney hotel. So you miss out on things like Blue Zoo. Shula's is the best steak. But there's also another Italian restaurant in Shades of Green. And I think it's called Mangino's, which I've actually, dare I say, I've never eaten at. Wow. Lou Mangel's never eaten at a, at a restaurant at Walt Disney World. <laughs> so I like this because sometimes when you go out and you get tomato and mozzarella, oh, nice crusty bread too, that's good. Um... Sometimes a tomato is is um, soft and somewhat saturated in balsamic vinegar or oil, whatever it is. And these are really crunchy, which, like I said, goes well with that creaminess of the um, 
the mozzarella, which tastes as though it's very fresh, and you can sort of tell the difference when it's been sitting around for a while versus when it's fresh. I like this, and it's kind of, it's very light, too. It's a nice light appetizer before my chicken parmesan and spaghetti comes out. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. It's, it is nice to have a light thing around when you're eating it, Walt Disney World, when you're walking all over the place. And, uh, you know, I, I try to, like this morning I had sushi, of all things. It was, it was still 11 o'clock, but, you know, it's good to start out light like that. There's nothing wrong with sushi at 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> But if they can, if they sold these zucchini stick fry things at a cart with a little dipping thing, I'd walk around with those. Definitely, definitely. This is uh, the savory churro. <laughs> it's the healthy churro. Yeah, they could throw these on like the egg roll cart over in Adventureland or something, and I'm sure they'd sell very well. Yeah, I like those. You know, and this is one of the things, too, that... Well, some things I like doing when I come out with friends is we go out to eat. And like we said, we all order a bunch of different things. And here's another one of places where you can order a bunch of different appetizers. You can order the zucchini sticks, the tomato mozzarella, the fried galamad soup and a salad. And that could be a whole meal that you can share together without having to have, um, you know, a, a pasta or something... Uh, bigger and heavier if you want like sort of something light during the day before you have your really big meal at night. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you're going to go to a steakhouse in the evening, it's it's good to sample the light things that you may or may not like, you know. Definitely agree with that. How's that bread? Is it nice and crusty and garlicky and buttery? It very much is. I tried some of this pesto on it. Oh, look at you mixing and matching. I did get it. <laughs> All right, Rachel, I'm going to cut this in half so because you have to try it too. Oh, I did. Oh, well, then never mind. I'm going to eat the whole thing. There you go. Help yourself. <laughs> I'm going to try it on its own first, and then I'll try it your way. Mmm. Oh, that's nice. That's nice when you dip it in that. If anything's good, dipped in some sort of sauce. <laughs> that sauce isn't very salty. You know, it's it's kind of a, a tan color, and you kind of look kind of think of cheese when you look at it but it doesn't doesn't have that salty bite to it so it's good with bread yeah and nothing is spicy nothing is something that would scare people away it's very um you know it's a very safe menu you know there's nothing on here that's scary right and even something like this like a, a dip or something that's breaded and fried it doesn't have a lot of spices or peppers or anything like that to it so kids could eat that without a doubt yeah you're not you're not gonna you stumble upon a jalokia pepper in here anywhere. So. <laughs> so, Rachel, you were just saying that you are, you know, and you sort of laughed when you said it, you are a sort of notoriously picky eater, but you're finding that, do you find that, do you have a tougher time eating at Walt Disney World, or are maybe you less picky when you're here? I think I'm less picky when eating at Disney World, because, I mean, you could ask my husband, my mother, they'll all tell you I'm a picky eater, but... Some of, some of my favorite places to eat here are places like Germany and China. And, you know, I had, you know, we went to Be Our Guest the other day, and the menu there is not your typical park food, yet I loved everything I had, though. And even on the cruise, I had, I had lamb on the cruise, and I don't think I've ever had lamb, and I inhaled it. It was so good. Well, and I think, too... 
we said before, you know, like the menu here, a lot of the, the places that you go, the menu is not scary. It's safe. And I think that you know, too, that um, if you want something adjusted, there's no place better if anybody uh, has a special request or something. Disney will adjust whether it's the heat, the sauce on the side, whatever it might be. So if you are a picky eater or if you have kids who are picky eaters, I know a lot of people feel the same way. If you can, mm-hmm. you could a be a little bit more adventurous, and b they'll, they'll accommodate whatever your requirements are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She, even when it's like super packed with people, and you just you feel the morale is getting kind of low, and you have say a child with you that's like, I don't want to eat that because I hate say cheese. I don't, I don't know if I've ever known a child that ate a cheese. But Scott Otis does. So. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can request literally any special tweak change, whether it's you know for an allergic problem or just i don't like it and they will accommodate you for sure and to your point about cheese and the cruise we were one of my favorite places on the cruise look there's remy there's paulo all the restaurants are awesome i love eating late night on deck 11 going up to flo's v8 cafe getting a pizza hanging out up there with friends watching funnel vision whatever it may be one late night we're up there we we go over to flo's to get pizza and we have a friend, Scott, who notoriously does not like cheese. Uh, he's a freak. But he, uh, we went to get pizza, and he walked over and said, can I have a pizza with no cheese? The guy said, sure. And he literally made him a pizza with no cheese, which to me was toast with sauce on it. But he accommodated. He made him fresh uh, a whole pizza. That's awesome. That is, that's really, I didn't know he did that. That's really cool. So our, our uh, food was just poured out, and again, we sort of smelled it before it even got here. You have your spaghetti meatballs, sauce on the side. Yeah, that pizza, that's a nice size, uh, sort of that rectangular-shaped margarita flatbread pizza. So don't think it's sort of that traditional pan-round, pie-cut slice of pizza. And the other thing, too, it's a, uh, it's a big, heaping Portion. Like, there's like six pounds of pasta in my bowl, as well as a, a good size piece of chicken parmesan. You're carbo loading, man. That's right. I'm carb loading for the marathon. Not that I'm running in the marathon, but I'm just carb loading for the experience. So, uh, manja, let's, uh, let's, let's dig in. You can always tell when people start with the inarticulable, mm, mm, good. It's just, it's just the grunt. So, the first thing I did was cut into. My piece of chicken, again, it's a breaded breast of chicken. What I like is that sometimes you go out to an Italian restaurant for chicken parmesan, and it's very dry. This is actually very, very moist. It has a thin coating of breading, so it's not overly breaded. And two, it's a big piece of chicken. Like, it's a not just a, a thin sort of chicken patty. Like, it's a, it's a meaty, thick piece of chicken, which I like because in addition to my 11 pounds of pasta, you're getting a nice little... Burst of protein. See, this is how I rationalize it. It's protein, so it's healthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice little shrunken head meatball there. <laughs> no, the pizza here, you know, it's just, you can tell it was made made uh, just like about five minutes ago here. It's um, got the uh, kind of organic crust looking where it's not, you know, it's not a circle. It's a big giant oval. The, uh, the crust itself has a sprinkling of uh, some sort of seasoning that's been like kind of just melted on top of it I guess and uh, yeah this is not something you get for you know out of the freezer section at your grocery store <laughs> and it's a good size I mean it looks like there's 
probably, I guess, eight small pieces of pizza there. Yeah. And that is something that I would probably eat by myself. But normal people could actually split. You could actually split that with somebody, too. Yeah, you definitely could split this. Uh, so as far as the texture goes, the, the crust is real crunchy. And then uh, your sauce has a lot of flavor to it. It's got kind of a sweetness to it that's just great. And then the mozzarella, mozzarella cheese has just the right amount of fat in it to get a nice kind of ooey-gooey, stretchy cheese effect, and I love it, yeah. I just love the fact that you talked about the fat in the mozzarella and the ooey-gooey. That, <laughs> that is a perfect way to describe it. So I will tell you that, I, that uh, as somebody who you know grew up with the big Italian pasta dinner uh, every Sunday afternoon where grand, you know, your grandmother literally did make seven pounds of pasta for four people and you ate whether you were hungry or not. Sometimes you are cautious when you go out to an Italian restaurant because it's not like what mom used to make. So this is a bit of a uh, an experiment for me. Hmm. So I'm pleasantly surprised. The pasta is cooked perfectly. It's, uh, it's a little al dente. And the sauce is well seasoned. It does not taste as though it was somebody popped open a jar in the back and and nuked it for a couple minutes. You can taste the oregano, you can taste the garlic, you can taste the salt. It's really, really well seasoned, so there's a nice flavor, a nice sort of depth of flavor to the sauce, which I was really happy about because I didn't want it to be too, you know, baseline palate and just sort of a, make it be a very simple tomato sauce. Yeah, that looks it looks amazing. I wanted to give you this little sound effect here. This is the flatbread on the pizza. That's nice. The crunchy bread, the crunchy crust. So, Rachel, how is yours? Now, you, again, you're picky. You're a little hesitant, so you put your sauce on the side. Yep. You've got two giant, you know, meteorite-sized meatballs. The waitress says that they're made here in-house, and I believe it, because they're not perfectly round. Right. They look like they were, you know, made by somebody's hands, and they're, they've got all sorts of seasoning in them. So, I, as, since there's no sauce on it, I can see that it's got that, it looks the way a meatball is supposed to look. And that's got a nice sort of um, darker brown, um, I don't want to say crust on the outside, but it's a little bit harder on the outside, and it looks very moist on the inside. You can see the breadcrumbs. I can see the oregano, and I love seeing the big pieces and the hunks of garlic like that because I could eat garlic cloves like they're candy. I love garlic. I'm... Don't, I don't think I risk being attacked by a vampire anytime soon. <laughs> so it's interesting that the pickiest eater is the one who is almost done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. She just, you know, when she's got something in front of her that she loves, she's, it's not going to be there very much longer. You want to try some pizza, Luke? I'll try some pizza if you have some of this because, believe it or not, there's no way I can finish it. So come here, have it give me like half of a, of a piece. And then I'll... You can take from the non-cootie side. I, I, I have cooties all on this side. So you're right about the pizza, and that there is a nice, crunchy crust on the bottom. It's a it's a thin pizza, so it's not sort of that Chicago style, very thick pizza. It's very very thin. Hmm. Mm. One thing I did get here last time I was here, but we didn't get it this time, was, uh, and also at a lot of places at Walt Disney World, is if you like tea, they'll bring you out like a large selection of tea here. They give out like a box, and there's like, I think probably about six different types of tea bags you can get out of there. 
So that's kind of nice to be able to get a nice variety every once in a while. Just try something else you never tried before. I'm a tea guy, and I'm actually um, I'm not. I, I like coffee, but I'm I'm more of a Dunkin' Donuts kind of guy as okay. opposed to the in-park coffee. You know what else you can do? You get the hot tea, right? You make yourself a hot tea with one of those cool flavors, and then you get a big cup of ice, and you make it your own iced tea. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, you probably put some uh, sweetener in there too if you want. If you're from the south. <laughs> little sweet tea, little iced tea, a little half and half. Do you want to try some meatball here? Uh, listen, I would not, I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't try some of the meatball. There you go. Now, I have to be careful about how I respond to this. Not that my mother listens, but in case she does, and I say too many nice things. Just say, just like mom used to make. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> Like, that's the way a meatball, like, that's the texture of what a meatball is supposed to be. Like you said, it's not one that came out of a Costco bag. Uh, it's a handmade meatball. You can taste the breadcrumbs. You can taste the garlic. It's it's really, really well seasoned, uh, and it's not burnt. I know sometimes they, um, when they fry the meatballs, they sort of burnt the outside. It has just the right sort of texture and coating on the outside. Oh, that's good. Oh, now I'm bummed they didn't get the meatball sliders. <laughs> oh, yeah, Right, now I need to come back and get the sliders. I believe they had like a meatloaf here at one time that was really good. And I don't know if they have it anywhere else around the parks. Probably relies on the chefs and the kitchen and all that. But, man, it was that was really good. I remember that distinctly. And I don't usually remember a lot of the meals we have around the Disney World. You said the food coma the entire time. So they blend together. See, this is why we're friends. Um... But, you know, going back to something like a meatloaf, that's what this kind of food is, right? This is Italian comfort food. It's, you know, uh, calamari. It's pizza. It's a big helping of pasta. Like, I am literally, I've been eating constantly, and it looks like I haven't touched any of my food. You, you need to have some of this. Yeah, yeah. It looks, uh, or that, actually, I did try some of the chicken, and one of the best things I can say about that is uh, when you make a chicken breast, Bland usually comes to mind because there's a lot of meat there that's really tough to season without really kind of shredding the chicken up too much. And I, this didn't have much blandness at all. I mean, it was really flavorful. It tasted from the tomatoes to the sauce to the uh, kind of the juiciness of the chicken. It all kind of had a uniform flavor to it, and I really like that. I have to admit that I'm uh, I'm pleasantly surprised, and what I mean by that is. I was expecting it to feel more like, quote-unquote, theme park food. Yeah. Like, pre-made, quickly get it out, um, you know, processed food. And it doesn't. Like, you feel as though you are in an Italian restaurant. Like, you can tell when pasta is fresh. You can tell when pasta has been sitting for a long time. Same thing with, with your meatballs and that pizza. Like, that pizza it was just handmade. Right, and but it still came out quickly, but it, it didn't feel so like wow that came out a little bit too quickly for me. Absolutely. You know that we've been talking about the portion size being pretty big, but I've been to some family style Italian restaurants that, uh, and this is not family style, but they've just gone overboard with the portions. I think some in some places, so don't expect to uh, feel bad about you know not wanting to carry a clamshell around all day long. You probably won't have to. Um, if you're hungry enough, 
you're going to have no problem just finishing off your meal and maybe having a little bit left over, but being able to continue on the day without having to carry stuff around, carry extra food around. What are these leftover things you speak of? <laughs> Clearly you've never eaten with us before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you go to like Buca de Beppo, I mean, that's going to be a ton of extra that most of the time you can't finish, and uh, that's not what you're facing here. And, of course, you have to leave room for dessert because you need the sugar to carry you through the rest of the day. Exactly. So I'm making a good dent in my food, and I really want to finish it. At the same time, I'm like, okay, I need to save room for dessert. I know that they're, based on previous experience, assuming the menu hasn't changed too much, they have some good desserts to choose from. So you don't have to even wash that he just cleaned it completely it's just perfectly clean yep. well that's a good sign right it is Linda I can't believe I'm actually going to say this but I can't finish my meal ah, I, call the paramedics because something must be very wrong with me all those listeners are going what what is wrong with Mangello? Um yeah it's a it's a nice it's a it's a heaping bowl of pasta we were saying before what's nice about it too is the sauce like you can see the big chunks of tomato. Like, those right. are fresh tomatoes in there. It's not, like, jarred canned sauce. They don't sauce. really load it with sauce, but if you want more, we're always more than happy to get it for you. So it's just kind of a matter of choice. Awesome. Yeah. Just a shot glass of sauce. Just take it right down. <laughs> but we did room, leave enough room for dessert, so we might have to just peruse the menu. We can't do a full review of a restaurant without really giving the entire scope. You got to tell all, you know. I've always wanted to be here to hear that (laughs) from you. You know, the story has three chapters. You got to make sure you get to the end just so you can do the full review. Do you guys have a favorite place to eat on property? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Okay, so for me, I guess it is kind of an easier question, though, because the I'm a, I'm very weak towards German food, so the beer garden is my place to go. Beer garden's nice because it's a fun environment, right? To, to go there, my kids love going there. Um, and if you leave hungry, something's wrong yeah. because okay. a buffet of meat is just is right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. The and the other thing is I'm, I love beer and not not like <laughs> not like the college you know varsity guy that gets <laughs> drunk all the time. I just love all types of beer and. That place, to get a liter of beer and to finish that and the buffet is like to cap off the vacation with the guilty uh, knowledge of knowing that you did it, but it was it's still just something I have to do at least once every couple of years. What about you? Oh, so this is, this is the, the picky eater favorite restaurant on property, so I'm very curious to see what your answer is. If you say Pecos Bill, I might hug you. <laughs> well, I do love Pecos Bills. Um... Based on the food, beer garden's really good. Um, I also had a really good meal at Nine Dragons once that I would love to try again. I had the, I think it was orange chicken, but the the pasta was spinach-based, which, again, picky eater, spinach pasta. Or dessert menus. Our sorbet is apple, and the cheesecake today is a mint chocolate chip. Wow. Okay, I'll be back shortly. Mint chocolate chip cheesecake. All right, so the dessert menu, or the dolce menu, they have tiramisu, again, classic, pistachio creme brulee. Wow. 
I've never even heard of that before. Chocolate, wait, say this slowly, chocolate cake <laughs> layered with chocolate hazelnut filling. That might be a research item right there. Spumoni, which is uh, layers of ice cream with pistachio nuts and cherries. Gelato, uh, they have chocolate or vanilla. And again, gelato is a little bit different than traditional American ice cream. It's a little bit, um, it's a little bit creamier. And she said the sorbet was apple, apple, apple sorbet. And then the cheesecake. Which... Oh, and the cheesecake. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that uh, chocolate chip mint uh, cheesecake. That's good. And she's going to bring extra forks. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm kind of tempted by the cheesecake, but then I could steal some of his and yeah. then get something else. So. This is Rachel's favorite part of the uh, ordering yeah. process, by the way. <laughs> we have actually gone to a dinner situation where she just ordered dessert and nothing else. <laughs> And you're saying that like there's something wrong with that. <laughs> like that's not normal to do. Um, I'm, since he's getting the cheesecake, I may go with the gelato. I've had gelato a couple of times in my life, and it, it, it's not like ice cream. It's, it's actually almost more like a sorbet, I think, as far as the, the texture goes. So. Plus, you can't go wrong with chocolate ice cream. So, <laughs> so I was uh, the 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 researcher in me says I should get tiramisu, right? Because it's we're going through this concept of traditional Italian food for our meal. Spumoni also traditional. Uh, I remember Spumoni Gardens in Brooklyn when I used to go see my grandmother. Although, believe it or not, the no sugar added apple sorbet actually. Wait a minute. We could get more than one. Are you ready to order? Oh, yeah. Sure. All right. It's dessert, Linda. We're always ready to oh, order. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. What I'm, I'm going to go with the, uh, the the chocolate gelato. Okay. I'll be going with the chef's signature cheesecake. Okay. And what would you like, sir? I'm just pointing to the whole menu. So I, I want to... Um, what's your favorite... Thing on the menu? Uh, one of my favorites is uh, the tiramisu. I've had people tell me that it tastes, it's as close to the real thing as you can get without being in France. That's, that's, a, that's, a, big, um, that's a big, that's a big statement so right there. So you know what? I think I'll have to have the tiramisu. Okay. Um, man, I'm so tempted. I, you know, I think that I should probably you just... cheesecake from Well, I, I, I'm going to have some cheesecake. But I'm thinking maybe I should try the sorbet just to give people an idea of a no-sugar-added dessert as well, too. Oh, great idea. So our four desserts for three people just came out. And don't touch your food yet. We, we have to... Fo- we're going photo- to... We actually photographed it because... I know we forgot to photograph the rest of our food. But it's... It's very well presented. Like, it's very attractive. And obviously, we've got a lot of different things. The apple sorbet looks like it's sort of that, um, that sort of green apple and the tiramisu. But yours is, you know, it's a little, little fun, festive plate of deliciousness. So they, uh, it looks like they printed Lady and the Tramp in chocolate on the plate. And uh, they're, you know, doing the scene with the uh, spaghetti. But that's really cool. And you can eat it, too. Yeah. It's got a great beat, and you can dance to it. All right, so um, 
and listen, we have to share this. This is not all for me. You guys have to, you guys have to dig in too. I'm going to start off with a tiramisu, and it has uh, shaved bits of chocolate on top. It's served in um, sort of a, a large coffee cup. You got to dig all the way down. You got to get all the layers. Oh, that's nice. Like that. mm. How is everything? Mm. Good? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Thank you. Mm. That's really nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice. It's creamy. It's not um, It's not overly sweet. You know, you get a nice sort of um, different textures and different layers there. You get the lady fingers there on the bottom. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah, the tiramisu is... Nice and fluffy. Nice mm-hmm. and fluffy. Yeah, that's really good. Like me. It's nice and fluffy. <laughs> that's, um... I don't know if I've ever had tiramisu before, actually. So technically, it's the best tiramisu you've ever exactly. had. Exactly. This is a lot of a lot of firsts uh, in this meal, which has been... So far, I've not been disappointed by anything. Try some of this, Lou. All right. I'll use my non-cootie. I'll use a different fork. Mmm. It doesn't look like cheesecake, right? It's, it doesn't look like cheesecake. It looks like a it's like an ice cream scoop of cheesecake. Yeah, it's sort of a it's a dome of cheesecake with a layer of um, like a chocolate cookie on the body. And now, I'm not normally a, a mint person, but that's kind of like a peppermint patty meets chocolate cookie. And I wonder if this is something because it's, it's the chef's specialty cheesecake. So I wonder. I'll have to ask. If this is something that changes seasonally or weekly or monthly, so maybe because it's the Christmas season now, maybe it's they have something that has a little bit of peppermint. In it. That's I would order that. I was thinking this is like it reminded me instantly of a Thin Mint, the Girl Scout cookie. Oh, Thin Mint, yeah. Because it's got these like little like uh, confetti, I don't know, sprinkles, and they're crunchy, and you know. That's the, kind of like the crunchy part of it, and then the rest of it is just nice and minty, yeah. soft chocolate. Yeah, it's a thin mint. That's exactly. Forget what I said about it being a York peppermint patty. It's a it's a thin mint. Yeah, that's really good. That's my favorite Girl Scout cookie, by the way. <laughs> I can't wait for my, for my daughter to be a Girl Scout just so I can order the cookies. All right, I'm gonna try the, um, the apple sorbet. Wait, let me let me cleanse my palate first here with my Coke. Hmm. There's a little bit pieces of apple in my sorbet. And I think that's intentional. So I normally don't get no sugar. Look at me. Obviously don't. I would never get no sugar added desserts. Um, and this is something that I would get not because it has no sugar, but because it's really good. I love apples. And I like the idea of pieces of fruit in my dessert. Oh, in summertime, this will be nice. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah. I may have to ask about that too, because on the menu, it just says no sugar added sorbet with fruit. So that, along with the cheesecake, since they're not flavor specific on the menu, they must change. What probably the sorbet probably changes with our fruit is in season, I would guess. But so we might have to come back tomorrow just so we can get these desserts again. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I would um, I would order any of these. I'm trying to see which I like best. Because they're all very different, right? Between the, those two for me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I like the gelato. But I think for my 
Uh, I'm sorry, I like the, the sorbet, but for my... We're going to the, with the quintessential Italian meal. Um, that tiramisu was yeah. surprisingly good. Uh, maybe I should try one more piece just to make sure that my review is... <laughs> Really nice too. You got a little cup of espresso with that. Sit here in the corner, you relax, you people watch a little bit. That's a nice way to end a meal right there. Absolutely, yeah. The espresso shot is always nice to have at Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> so I will gonna tell you that um, this meal has sort of put Tony's back on my radar. Because when you think about dining in the Magic Kingdom, and people always ask me, where do I recommend? You know, for the most part, you think of quick service meals in terms of Magic Kingdom, or you think of some place like Liberty Tree Tavern or Cinderella's Royal Table. For me, the hidden gem has always been the Plaza Restaurant, which I love going to for lunch. You get a Reuben sandwich or a steak sandwich or a steak sandwich with the big steak fries and the cheesecakes. We've done a live review there as well too just because I had to um, and Tony's was never something really that um, was higher on my list it was sort of a fallback maybe if you couldn't get one of those places like a Liberty Tree or a Plaza this fortunately has sort of moved up in the in the rankings for me yeah the uh, I don't know I, 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 tr- I like people watching from uh, what's the one called down at the end of the street I forget the Plaza the, the Plaza, Plaza yeah I like to people watch there and uh but, yeah, Tony's, for some reason, is kind of a bright spot. It's just the location, I think, is what gives it its uh, disadvantage, you know, because you're not within an eye shot of the castle anymore. You're not uh, you're not as able to kind of people watch. You're definitely in a dark corner in uh, <clears throat> in seating because you're, you're not near the edge of Main Street. You know, I mean, I guess you could get a seat near at the window and stuff like that, but... Uh, well, there's also seating, I was going to say too, there's seating uh, sort of in the solarium there, and there's also seating outside. Yeah. So what's nice is that if you could time it just right, uh, you can sit outside and catch the parade from your table. A parade in tiramisu? That's the recipe right there. There you go. That, yeah, you, you nailed it. <laughs> Will there be anything else then? Uh, six more tiramisus to go. Okay, <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you very I much. I believe this here. You're welcome. So I think that's the secret, right? There's the Tony's secret recipe is you time your meal here, if possible, to see if you can get, and again, they can't guarantee where you're going to sit, but if you can get a seat outside and enjoy your meal or your dessert or a nice cup of coffee as the parade is going by, and then you sort of, when you're done, you step out onto Main Street and enjoy wishes from Town Square, that right there, that's the secret sauce. Yeah, because think about it. There, what other restaurants are right there going to be within a good hundred feet of the the line of the parade? I mean, some of them are going to be there, but they're off to the side. You're not looking right at it. The Crystal Palace is quite a bit a distance away. Um, <clears throat> we'll have to see how the parade routes if they change with the new Fantasyland area. But you know, I think that that's the magic sauce. That yeah. And the other thing we should have mentioned, too, we were so excited just to order because we were all starving, was uh, in terms of value, uh, again, now the lunch and dinner menus are the same. There's no longer a difference between uh, the the lunch and dinner menus, so so they are consistent. And from a a dollar perspective, appetizers are going to run you anywhere from about $5.49 for a salad up to... $3.99 
$8, sorry, $10 for the calamari. And again, they were nice, shareable sized portions, so you couldn't get one appetizer and split it between two people. From the entrees, again, sandwiches are going to run you from about $12 for the meatball sliders. That's what I'm hitting next time. I'm hitting <laughs> meatball sliders. I've got, my, I've got my agenda ready to go. Meatball sliders. The pastas are going to run you about $16, $17, which, again, is not a lot for the – especially because of the amount of food that you got. Like two of the three of us <clears throat> were unable to finish, <laughs> and I'm sure you could have helped us finish our food. This is an anomaly for me, not finishing my food. But, again, it's a lot of pasta. You know, you can almost, like I said, get an appetizer, get a pasta, and share it between two people. And, again, desserts are going to run you from about – Five dollars to six forty nine, well worth it for the, uh, the the tiramisu. So for the three of us, again, you also if you are a Tables in Wonderland um, card holder, which if you are an annual pass holder, it is the greatest value that you can do. Uh, you know, you can get a a great hearty lunch or dinner, and it is not a, it is not um, it is not an overly expensive meal. So. Um, yeah, I, I, this is something now, all of a sudden, I want to come back to because I want to try some of the other things on the menu, not just the desserts, but I need to try the meatball sliders. I can see them, that my kids would enjoy as well, too, not just for the theming and the decor, but again, there's food here that is beyond hamburgers and chicken nuggets that I know my kids would really enjoy as well, too, because a, a lot of the, the food is not spicy, it's not scary, they would be able to eat anything on the adult menu Obviously, and uh, the, the children's menu as well, too. Chauncey, sort of recap what your, your final thoughts on Tony's. Tony's is a fond memory now. Uh, I'm going to be back for the, uh, the tiramisu, definitely. And uh, we're going to try to try to schedule our, our uh, ADR right around the Main Street Electrical Parade. Well, we, we should do this again. Yeah. Not a Tony. We need to go food somewhere with, else. Yes. Food with the friends. Food with friends. Food is always better <laughs> when it's with friends. Literally, the friends. Um, and we also have to have you guys uh, either come back on or maybe uh, contribute a blog post because when we talk about people and you know uh, things that we dream about doing when we grow up and, and what we aspire to be, you guys share a dream that many other people aspire to do as well too which is to be Imagineers and you aren't just talking about it you are you've really sort of taken affirmative steps towards doing it tell us briefly about what you guys did as far as the Imaginations contest oh yeah so this is this has been our life now for at least the last three years maybe two and a half um the Walt Disney Imagineering has an internship based contest basically it's all centered around getting an internship at Imagineering and basically being able to influence the Imagineers. And I think that's the most exciting part of it is if you go to their, just kind of Google search Imaginations with a capital N, and uh, you can see the contest is basically for college students and uh, with also alumni if you're within one year of graduation. And you basically have the idea of uh, some sort of prospect. you know. So Imagineering will post every year a concept, and you have to design something based on that concept. And usually it's for the parks. Uh, it could be for a resort. It could be for a restaurant. And it's up to you to just really influence the Imagineers with your creativity and get noticed. And uh, this is a really great route to uh, get into the Imagineering organization. So we, we've we went through this whole process now two years in a row, running 2011 and 2012. 
And uh, we themed all our, our works around the Marvel Universe just because I've grown up with Marvel personally and Rachel really has gotten into it with the new movies that are coming out and she absolutely loves that. And uh, so, you know, we probably the most exciting part of it for me is that, you know, you submit these designs um, to them at right at the deadline and an Imagineer is going to look at your stuff. An actual Imagineer is going to judge your stuff and look at it and go through it. And even if you don't get in the contest, you have the opportunity to at least let them put their wrap their mind around your mind, wrap your mind around your designs, and uh, it it really can make you feel as though you are an Imagineer, even if you're not even you know working within the organization. So uh, as a student, I'd say start early, do it often. You can do it every year in year in school. So all four years of undergrad, two years of grad school, whatever you want, even a year after. So you know. They, they definitely encourage you to try, to try it again, try it again if you don't get in. It's very competitive. <coughs> Excuse me. There are other organizations uh, that are really integral. So, like, if you're choosing a college, um, there are gr- groups at colleges that are pretty much geared towards this. So, Carnegie Mellon has a few groups that are kind of Imagineering-esque, uh, UCLA as well. And, uh, you know, if you're not in any of those areas, you can you can do it still. You know, even if you're just doing a community college somewhere, small corner of America, you can uh, you can do it. And it's also an international thing I should mention. Um, they just did uh, the launch of Imaginations Hong Kong, I believe, two years ago. And uh, it's a it's a fun process for sure. You know, and if you don't get in, just just remember, you've got that in your portfolio. You did some Imagineering designs. You can continue to do it. Get your mind in that zone. Get your mind thinking about it. There's books available. Um, the Imaginary Workout Guide is a really good book for that. So, yeah. Yeah, and we should also be clear. This is not, you know, give us your idea in 100 words or less. Like, these are incredibly heavily vetted and thought out. I mean, things, concepts that you have constructed both virtually and in the physical world as well. Can you give us a sort of a little idea of a couple things that... that uh, what your uh, imagination <clears throat> concepts were, and because you you were kind enough to share those with me and show them to me, and you know my reaction, I was blown away. Not just because I'm a Marvel fan and a Disney fan, but I'm a tech geek as well too, and I was floored by the stuff that you showed me. I appreciate that. It's it's it is our life, you know, kind of being put into this stuff, and you know we we get real passionate in our discussions about how things should be, and I think that's the way it should kind of be you should live with it day in and day out so basically some some very specific parts of our project was you know it's all about visual communication and uh, communicating the story and the idea so uh, you know one of the easiest things to formats to stay with is a model you know if you're going to build some sort of structural component to your design then a model needs to be designed the first year we actually built a physical model very traditionally like the Imagineers would do Uh, Rachel really headed that up she did a lot of the uh, kind of foam core shaping and uh, building trees painting. and painting, and all kinds of hours involved lots with that. Of, lots of glue and lots <laughs> of paint and paint brushes. And, and, and they look like the models you see that the Imagineers stand in front of. I mean, these are not sort of, you know, a paint by numbers. I mean, you guys really did something on a very high level. Well, you go to, um, we were just at the studios the other day and went through One Man's Dream, and they've got... You know the model now for New Fantasyland, and they've got some models for um, Tokyo Disney too. And looking at it now, post you know project, I could see they're 
they're using the same materials. Like I, the product I use, a foam board, gator board, that's it, a lot of paper. I mean, just stuff made out of paper and paint. It's materials that anybody can get their hands on at their local craft shop. Go to Hobby Lobby or you know, Michael's or someplace like that, and you can buy a lot of those materials, and that's the exact same stuff that Imagineering uses. And your, your first idea, if I remember, was a Captain America ride, right. which was like, I'm like, build this thing now. But your second project, again, Marvel-themed, and you showed this to me on the cruise, so there we are at Evolution one night, and you in didn't show pajamas. me a... In our pajamas. <laughs> yeah, that's right, we were in our pajamas. <laughs> and you didn't show me uh, a photograph of a model... You brought out, because that's what we do, is we bring our laptops and tablets to nightclubs. You took out your tablet and showed me a 3D construction of Stark Tower. Yeah, so our our second idea was uh, to actually um, make a resort out of Stark Tower. So the model this time around, you know, was we could... We could represent it in a three-dimensional physical model and have Rachel, you know, kind of head that up again. But then I was like, you know, this that's still an old form of technology. Imaginary now is 3D printing objects. They're projecting things. And it's like, well, augmented reality was part of my grad work. And uh, so what I did was I uh, I basically created Stark Tower in 3D and then represented on a tablet as an augmented object so that you can explore the model by moving the tablet around and pointing it at a, at a picture. So that the the model appears as though it's like a hologram or three dimensional object coming out of the the table service in front of you, and it can be animated. And uh, there's a clipping plane in front of the tablet, so you can push through the building. I, I'm interrupting you because I'm looking at it right now. You have a um, what looks to be a comic book cover on the table, and I'm holding your tablet because again, that's what geeks do. We bring our tablets to restaurants, and I'm holding your tablet up to this, and you are spinning around in front of me a 3D. It, I, I can't describe it. It almost looks as though like it's a holographic model of Stark Tower that I could take the tablet and go through as if I'm literally, you know, traversing the different levels of, of this. It's incredible. And this is something I, I want to share with other people some more. And I don't think we can properly convey it via audio. I would love if you guys want to, you know, do a blog post over at www.radio.com. Show some pictures or video of what you've done not just to let people know that this imagination's concept and contest exists, but to showcase some of your work as well, too, because we are all Disney geeks at heart, and I am telling you, I think what we're looking at here is sort of the future of, of what is coming. Absolutely. That, we hope. Again, I, I emphasize that, remember, even if you don't get through the competition and win it, um, you your work was seen by actual Imagineers, and you know maybe 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 even on a subconscious basis you are influencing you know that design process that's going on in the professional levels. So uh, you know try it out often and early. I mean often yeah often often enough that you can do it as many times as you possibly can. Well, listen, when you guys are working at Flower Street, just remember this meal. Just remember all the fun we had at this meal. Um, Rachel and Chauncey Friend, uh, thank you guys again for not only contributing to the Dream Team Project, you know how important that is to everybody who's part of the WWE family, but for a fun meal, a delicious meal, and uh, and sharing some of your work uh, with me and the listeners as well, too. Seriously, we need to do this again. Oh, th- thank you, Lou. You are the man. This, is, this, is, this has been awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Now we need to go get a snack. <laughs> 16 tiramisu's to go. <laughs> oh, we're the only people left in the restaurant. We closed Tony's Town Square.
It's time for the Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where you can challenge yourself to see how well you know your Disney history or trivia. Maybe I'll play a random sound clip or quote a line from a show or an attraction, ask you to identify it for a chance to win a Disney prize package. We'll select one winner randomly from all the correct entries. And before we get to this week's question, let's go back to last week, review the question, and select our winner. So our last question was about one of my favorite holiday happenings in Walt Disney World, the Candlelight Processional. It's currently performed at the America Gardens Theater in Epcot, but that was not its original home. So my trivia question for you last time was, where was it originally performed prior to moving to its current home in Epcot? And while I'm sure you know that the Candlelight Processional has celebrities narrating the Christmas story, a 50-piece orchestra, and a choir made up of hundreds of cast members and community members, what you may not know is that this event dates back to 1971 and the first Christmas at the Magic Kingdom, but it moved over to the America Gardens Theater in Epcot in 1994. Congratulations to all of you who got this correctly. You are playing for my audio tours, a WW Radio luggage tag button, and a $25 iTunes gift card. And our last Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week winner is... Elizabeth Cullen. So, Elizabeth, congratulations. If you played last time and didn't win, I appreciate you playing. And don't worry, because here's your next opportunity to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, one of the prizes that you play for in each week's Trivia Challenge are all of my audio walking tours of Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. I currently have Main Street, Adventureland, Fantasyland, Old School Mickey's Toontown Fair, Liberty Square, and Frontierland, and the final piece of the puzzle is obviously Tomorrowland. So as I get ready to finish and release my Tomorrowland audio guide, here is this week's trivia question. What attractions were operational on opening day in Tomorrowland on October 1st, 1971? Go back in time to opening day. Tell me what attractions were operational that day. Email your answers to contest at wdwradio.com. You have until Sunday, January 20th at 11.59 p.m. You'll play for all of my audio tours, a WDW Radio luggage tag, button, and a signed copy of my Walt Disney World Trivia Book, Volume 2. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. I want to continue on with the thanks because I have so much again to be thankful for. I want to start off by thanking you again for your support and your friendship. And because of you, WDW Radio was again voted People's Choice for Best Travel Podcast for the seventh year in a row. I am humbled and so grateful, but this award is thanks to and for you. It's something I share with each and every one of you and that you should be very proud of. You have all created an amazing community and I am honored to be your friend. Thank you again for allowing me to share my passion with you through the show each and every day. I also want to thank everybody who was a part of the WDW Radio running team this past Walt Disney World Marathon weekend and congratulations to everybody who participated in the event, whether you ran, walked, jogged, wheeled, cheered, volunteered. I, I am so proud of each and every one of you. You are awesome and amazing, and I mean that sincerely. I love each and every one of you. I want to also thank everybody who walked the 5K with me. We had a huge group of people, so much fun, and I encourage you and invite you to please be a part of the team for upcoming events. 
You can visit wdwradio.com slash running. You can join us on the course at the events to cheer, to run with us, and do real good, not just for yourself, but for children with life-threatening illnesses. We raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation through the Dream Team Project, the most important part of what I do. So whether you're a walker, a runner, a first-timer, or you've been running marathons in the past, I encourage you to please join the WW Radio running team. Again, it's wdwradio.com slash running. Also, this past weekend, we had our meet of the month. I want to thank everybody who came out to Storybook Circus. Had a great time meeting so many of you, getting a chance to uh, shake your hand and congratulate those of you who had participated in the half marathon and the 5K beforehand. Also, thanks to everybody who came out to Las Vegas. I was out there speaking at New Media Expo. We had our first WDW Radio on-the-road meetup at Cypress Street Marketplace at Caesars Palace. It was so great to see so many familiar faces and new faces out in Las Vegas as well. We have so many more events coming up as well. You can visit wdwradio.com slash events for more information. A couple of things on the radar. First and foremost, our six-year anniversary is coming up in just a couple of weeks, and we're going to celebrate once again in the parks on Saturday, February 9th, in Epcot. We're also going to have a meet of the month that day as well as part of the 6th anniversary show. You can visit wdwradio.com slash 6 year, the number 6 year, and you can also find out how you can help determine what we do and where we go. Because last year, as part of the 5th anniversary celebration, we did a 5-hour live show from the parks and you all wrote in and made suggestions of tasks that we need to do while we're there in the park was a great fun way to commemorate five years of and with the WW Radio family. We're going to do it again Saturday, February 9th. We're going to do it in Epcot. And again, how we spend our time and what we do is going to be based on you. So we're asking you to submit ideas for anniversary celebration. Should we meet cast members from six different countries in World Showcase? Try six different sodas in Club Cool? Try and share, maybe share six Soren Fast Passes, whatever it may be, you decide. So we need you to brainstorm some fun, unique, creative ways for us to spend our time at Epcot. You can email anniversary at wdwradio.com. You have about a week left to submit your entries. We'll evaluate them based on feasibility, and then we'll put them to a vote. And if you want to check out our last year's blog post to get some ideas, you can visit again, wdwradio.com slash six year for more information. And then on February 9th, you can watch live in the box as we sort of race our way through Epcot, trying to fulfill, fulfill the goals that you set out for us. We won't know what they are beforehand, and of course, there's going to be some roadblocks along the way, some intriguing ideas that are going to be presented to us that we have to accomplish before we can move on to our next task. If it's anything like year, like last year, it's going to be fun, a lot of laughs, a few surprises along the way. And hopefully you can watch and be part of it as well. This will once again be a great celebration of the community and the family that you all have all created over the past six years. Again, visit the events page or www.radio.com slash six year, the number six Y-E-A-R. And speaking of events, I told you in 2012 that in 2013, we're going to be taking WDW Radio on the road and having events not just in Walt Disney World, but around the country and maybe even around the world. We've already had our first meetup in Las Vegas. I told you also we're going to be cruising on the Disney Fantasy from November 2nd through the 9th, 2013. We're also going to be going back to New York City for an event there and to San Francisco to the Walt Disney Family Museum. 
I also told you that we're going out to Hawaii to visit Disney's Aulani Resort and Spa, and I'm excited to announce the dates and how you can join us. From July 15th through the 20th, you can join me and other members of the WDW Radio family on a group trip out to Disney's Aulani Resort and Spa for a few days of fun, sun, Hawaiian culture, Hawaiian food, and we're going to have some special events exclusive to our group, group meals, excursions, live broadcasts, and of course, some surprises as well. Thanks to our friends over at Mouse Fan Travel. We have special discounted group rates. You're also going to be able to receive some exclusive benefits and be part of the events that are available to guests booked as part of our official group package, which could include five nights and room tax. We have rooms in run of house or ocean view rooms, and you can save up to $115 per night if you book as part of the group. They are limited and they are subject to availability. You do need to book by May 1st, 2013, but you can get a free, no obligation quote by visiting wdwradio.com slash Aulani, A-U-L-A-N-I. I'll have more information and details about our events and excursions in the next few weeks, but again, visit wdwradio.com slash Aulani. You can get a free, no obligation quote from Mouse Fan Travel there. Remember, you do need to book through Mouse Fan Travel to be part of the group, but they do give you that special discounted rate, the access to the benefits and the events as part of the group, and of course, access to part of the Mouse Fan Travel team. Visit wdwradio.com slash Aulani for more information to get a quote, and I'll post some videos to give you a sense of what you can expect when you come out there with us. Hope that you can join us out in Aulani this summer. Speaking of Mouse Fan Travel, I want to thank them and Becky. They are my partner. They are my sponsor. It's who I recommend because it's who I use because of things, not just like the discounts, not just because of the exclusive benefits and their agents, but it's the personal service that they give you that really is their hallmark. You can visit them at Mouse Fan Travel. Whether you're coming to Alani, coming anywhere else, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, MouseFanTravel.com. When you're coming down to Walt Disney World, AllStarVacationHomes.com has everything from condos up to seven or eight bedroom homes. Bring the entire family or extended family down with you just a couple of miles from Walt Disney World. And if you can't get down to Walt Disney World as often as you can, and really, how can you? Celebrations Magazine can bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever and whenever you are with their print magazine and their new digital app available for iPad and Kindle. You can subscribe and order back issues at celebrationspress.com. Don't forget, I want to hear from you. You can email me with a question for the show at lou at wdwradio.com. Call the voicemail at 407-900-9391 with a question, a comment, or just a hello from the parks. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Lou Mangiello. Come like our page over at facebook.com slash wdwradio. Lots of other ways you can connect to me and the show by visiting the website over at wdwradio.com. While you're there, check out our blog, contest, discussion forums. Download the free WDW Radio app for iOS, Android, and now Windows. You can get free, easy access to the podcast, the blogs, the video. You can play the show right from the app. You can connect with me, see upcoming events, and so much more. Also, be sure and sign up for our free email newsletter. That'll give you access to exclusive content, contests, offers, information, updates, opportunities, and more. Again, you can find links to all these right on the homepage over at wdwradio.com. And join us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDW Radio Live, a live video broadcast and chat where you can be part of the conversation as we talk about this week's Walt Disney World news. I'm sure I'm forgetting something else. There was a lot in this show, I know. But as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. 
tweet out that you're listening, share links to your favorite episodes, or come by and comment, like posts over on Facebook, and please come by, rate and review the show and the app over on iTunes. Very, very helpful, very much appreciated. And, and finally, and most importantly, make the rest of your life the best of your life. Set your goal, work hard, have fun, make no excuses, and always keep moving forward. My sincerest thanks to you once again for taking the time and tuning in, for being so supportive and such good friends. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for all that you do to allow me to share something I am so passionate about with you each and every week. So until next time, have a great week, everybody. See ya. Oh, good morning, Lou. Just listened to your December 30th podcast. Thoroughly enjoyed. Happy to uh, get an update from the year. Wanted to share a quick story with you. I was down in Disney World walking around the Boardwalk Hotel right after you had come back from your cruise. Unfortunately, I can't cruise. I do get seasick, which is a major bummer. But ran into a fellow who saw my backpack with your WDW radio on, came up to me. He was like an old friend. He introduced himself as just getting off the cruise. He was so excited. He said it was a wonderful event. He enjoyed meeting you and everybody else. Um, it was kind of cool. I felt like I had a friend in Disney, didn't even know I had one. So I just wanted to share that story with you. Uh, this is Suzanne calling from Sellersville, Pennsylvania. Keep up the good work, Lou. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Wes from Sioux Falls. I'm at Disney World right now. It's 9.45. We've been in the park for 40 minutes, and we've been hired for the Caribbean twice, Big Thunder Mountain three times, and we're now headed over to Haunted Mansion. It's going to be a great week. Katie's all week. Hope to see you at the meetup. Bye-bye. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. If this concludes your visit to the Walt Disney World Resort, we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely.